Yeah, this is Willie Terry, a Roman labor correspondent for the Hudson Mohawk magazine. I have on the phone uh, Brother X. I'm going to discuss Malcolm X. So, Brother X, before I get started, just kind of just tell the people a little bit about you. Sure, sure. Um, I am uh, Brother X. Uh, I was chairman and head of local organizing committee, Justice and Health, commissioned by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from uh, 2017 to 2020. Uh, we have since uh, disbanded, but uh, for a number of the years that we did it, we're a very active group. Uh, we focus on uh, nationalism, nationalism, specifically from the black American community, dealing with education, dealing with law, dealing with uh, resources, government, uh, and, and most importantly, historical context uh, in regards to the relationship between blacks and the United States of America. Um, I've also had a podcast called Get Your Hand on My Pocket that focused on some of the same things, current events as well, whether it be the President of the United States, uh, some local things going on in regards to uh, police treatment of black males, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so uh, my I call him my ancestral father and teacher, uh, Mr. Malcolm X. We also created Malcolm X Park in uh, Albany, New York on the corner of Clinton and Large Street. So it was just a space for anybody who wanted to do anything in regards to fighting the powers that be or, or, or recognizing historical people who did uh, the same thing. Uh, it was a starting point for a lot of marches in the last few years in regards to uh, freedom of liberation and or uh, uh, rightful treatment. And uh, brother, you preside here in the capital region, right? Uh, yes, sir, in Albany, New York. Okay, thanks. Right. So, Brother X, uh, on February the 21st, uh, 1965, you know, Malcolm X was assassinated. And he was assassinated while speaking in the Alderman Ballroom in Harlem at the age of 39. And on that day, black people lost a powerful voice in the black liberation movement. So, what I want to know is, what are your thoughts on this day? This day, unfortunately, our great black leader was taken from us in, in historically again in the United States when a uh, black man stands up. Unfortunately, he meets a demise and we recognize the day that he was assassinated and it, it becomes a grim type of feeling. I, I, most, <clears throat> I would love to more appreciate his birth, but at the end of his life and his accomplishments, you tend to look back and you wonder, uh, as supposedly, especially me specifically, uh, how he impacted my life as I did research and knowledge on him. Not too many people are aware of Malcolm X's existence in regards to younger folks um, who look like him and the impact he had on American society and why he did what he did and what the purpose was and how it affects uh, our people still today. So. Uh, I, I reflect on not only his accomplishments, mistakes, personal interactions, people who are still alive who knew him and still have a recollection because he died in 1965, which is uh, basically about 60 years ago. And there's very few people who were around when he was around. And for them to have a ardent or uh, real complete memory of what they did together is important too. Those people should be held up uh, as well. 
And so when they can give those great details, they put the pieces together of his life. You know, you have the individual person who lives the life through their own lens, and then there's people around them whom or around them, and they can put in pieces uh, of their life because ultimately, uh, dear brother, we don't remember every day of our life. You know, we can barely remember who we ate two hours ago. You know what I'm saying? So there's always an individual who's around you at a particular time and can bring up a memory uh, of sorts from your past that you have no recollection of, you know, and the story be uh, true. And, and, and someone like Malcolm X, you're always looking for that because they always have this common denominator of him being a strong individual in the face of the most powerful government that ever lived. And fortunately, there's never any uh, bad or negative stories about him. And, you know, that's what we live on, is trying to live to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I think he definitely you know, represented that being the best version of himself. Now, like you said, a lot of people were around, especially young people during that time. And he had the last name X. And you have an X in your name. Kind of explain to people what, why, you, t- you know, he had the name X or, and you took on the name X. Um, as uh, most people don't know, is that he was a minister in the Nation of Islam for, I want to say, nine years. And in that time, uh, when you get your X as a, uh, uh, a believer, uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the doctrine of the nation of Islam. Uh, if you put in fasting and prayer and years in, then they will grant you with the name X, which is connected to our ancestry and their last name, which we've lost based upon our, our origins and our sword joining to the North American continent. So those in power took that information from us. So a great deal of us don't know the origin last name of our people, the name that they gave themselves and the language that they they used and what they called each other. So they put the X there as an unknown, right? And then from that point, if you give more service, right, within the nation of Islam, you are given a name either by uh, your minister or the most honorable Elijah Muhammad during that time or honorable minister Louis Farrakhan will will give you a name unless you want to continue to keep the X. And so the X is a representative of uh, hundreds and even thousands of years of stolen history uh, from our people. So that's what that represents, the unknown. We don't know exactly where we come from because we don't have access to all the information uh, of our people from a historical context. So that's that's what that means. Oh, okay. All right. Well, today, uh, you know, I, I want to discuss with you, you know, not so much his, about his assassination, but about his worldviews, his worldviews on the struggle that was going on throughout the world. What was some of the uh, views Malcolm X had concerning world affairs? And remember the nation of Islam, it was more considered on nationalism and the Aboriginal people here, the black Americans in this uh, society, in this continent. When he took his sword during to uh, Africa and uh, became an Orthodox Muslim, and uh, he got into internationalism. He became, took on these other monikers that were humanitarian and so on and so forth, which gave him a broader interconnection with global society. Because in the media, uh, during that time, they focused mainly on his speeches against uh, white supremacist, white supremacist groups, uh, white supremacist police, 
uh, politicians and so on and so forth. And so he started to send messages back from Mecca when he took his his uh, uh, Mecca trip. He also went around Africa and and found out that leadership had different colors. Leadership had different uh, foreign entities, and he was he was uh, he was very studious in regards to what was going on internationally. That it was a global uh, Western power structure, as he called it, that dominated globally, and so certain countries that were not American and not black in essence, were taking on the powers and be the same powers that we were fighting in America, he had realized that these things were going on in other countries. And so, in his speeches and in his doctrine and in his philosophy as it started to change, he dealt with the Chinese, uh, different entities, uh, different islands, different uh, uh, African nations that were fighting the powers that be. During that time, there was a lot of guerrilla warfare that was going on. People were trying to get free. The Chinese was trying to get free. You know, Nigeria was trying to get free. Uh, he talked about the Mau Mau and, and their military groups and how they were completely and utterly outnumbered in regards to their percentages and the, and the people who were uh, buffer groups that looked like them and then also the Britain Empire that they were fighting that was controlled Africa. And so he dealt with, he came back with that information without people. He believed in freedom everywhere that it was. He believed that the people should... Uh, control the government, that the people should not be afraid of the government, it should be the other way around, and that we can collectively come up with a solution, right? If I'm going to different countries and there's poor people, and there's, ang- and there's poor people, and they're angry because they're poor, and then you have an elite that has all the resources, well, that's unfair, right? And so and he spoke to those who decided that, hey, we no longer are going to talk about the problems that we have. We're going to take action and whatever action is necessary, that's when people hear this, this great phrase, uh, by any means necessary, that it, it didn't start with that. It went through all the phases necessary for the group that was quote-unquote called minorities or the specific group that was being uh, parasited on, right? Talked about, hey, this isn't fair. These things need to change. And we're voicing this to you. And those uh, voices weren't heard, and so they went. They went to the next measures, and Malcolm believed in that. He believed wholeheartedly. If whatever next measure you need to take, please take it.